0: Well, 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 back to another episode of Simo Speaks. Today we'll be discussing my prophecy from last episode and how it came true. Morocco is finished with AFCON. Lao Tzu says, The flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long. Well, Morocco is not just a flame burning twice as bright, they are an atomic bomb taking no prisoners with them. Before the lineups were even dropped, the media was told no Hakim Ziyech for this game and no Sufiane Buffal. Buffal would have been out for the rest of the tournament regardless. Before I get into the game, I do want to bring up the question of Buffal. Who is Soufiane Buffal? What is Soufiane Buffal? Born in Paris, France to a Moroccan family and representing the Moroccan national team, we know that he's a baller with tuckers, but in reality he's a man who deserves respect for what he is. He's a dignified, hardworking, Brazilian Bengali who could have been a spark of individual brilliance in what seemed like a both tactless and heartless game. But in reality, they actually probably miss the yeshmore. Morocco lined up with a 4-3-3 formation, while South Africa went with an interesting formation of 4-2-3-1, I assume with intentions to smother. The game started off with the most ridiculous kickoff tactic that wasted the first possession of the game by Morocco. Then it continues with about 3 fouls, 2 by Morocco within the first 5 minutes. It was so ridiculous I was tempted to tune out after I heard the commentators call Unahi Unani and Amin Harit Amrit. The first half was incredibly motionless with neither team wanting to open up or take enough risks. The only major thing I took away was that Amin Adli had a decent opportunity that he skied at the crowd as if they owed him money, he was sick of waiting on it. The half ended nil-nil, but not before at the 43rd minute. Adley tried something, it was so amazing, it was so disturbing, he needs to be put in prison. Step back one-legged, what kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? The second half starts with some decent buildup play by Morocco, and at the 47th minute after a wonderful buildup play, Unahi's weak finishing is clear for everyone to see. Albeit it did take a bounce off his thigh, it was one of those shots that a truly elite level player needs to strike better. Moments later, Azilzuli really wakes up and starts going at his man. Izzelzuli is not shy to take on defenders compared to Buffal's preference to play as an inverted winger. Taking on your defender and then carrying them into the box is a fruitful tactic for a nimble and young winger like that, but when a penalty call, or lack thereof, doesn't go as Zouzouli's way, we begin to see the Morocco team crumbling. Cracks of a classic Moroccan head loss begin showing. They don't give them the penalty and a few minutes later, South Africa is able to go up 1-0 on Morocco with the call that even the commentators at first thought was an offside to me personally, it looked offsides, but I would have preferred if VAR showed the lines since to the naked eye, you can't tell in certain situations. The more I watch that clip back now, the less it looks offsides, but removing any doubt in the moment would have been helpful. A couple of minutes later, we see Morocco finally start making some tactical changes after a bad pass by Salim Amallah at the 52nd minute mark. At the 60th minute mark, we see a sub. Ismail Saberi replaces Salim Amallah. Amin Hari replaces Amin Adli. So instead of a typical like for like, it was an Amin for Amin. A few more minutes after that, Sofiane Amrabat is shown the yellow card for a bad foul. And that's where things really get interesting. 69 minute, a al Kabi replaces Abdi El Zlzuli. A few moments after that, Mzrawi starts doing some crazy passes, albeit you know the Moroccan defenders will then get the ball back, give it back to Mazrawi, and he'll try it again. I question Did he chief before the game? Yeah, Allah. <laughs> then replaces him due to Mazraoui getting an injury, and at the 80th minute mark, Roman Sais wins a free kick in the defensive half and Morocco begins playing siege ball. Terrorismo tactics begin, Morocco wins a penalty kick a minute later, and then all hell breaks loose. The fans, the players, and the coach and staff alike are celebrating the penalty as if it was taken and scored already. Me personally, I hated it. It made me so mad. It made me want to cry. How can you act like this? How can you celebrate something before it's even happening? They do this all the time, and this is what I mean when I say mental midgets. Hakimi steps up for the penalty and pings it right off the top of the crossbar. The camera immediately cuts to the Moroccan coach, Walid Gregui, rubbing his bald head as if he was looking for a genie with three more wishes. It then cuts right over to the Moroccan fans crying. Me, on the other hand, I knew what the vibe was. I got the vision. I already saw this before it happened. Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then, it was nothing to me but brighten. Being a fan of the Moroccan national team, being a rational fan is living in a perpetual state of disgust. Uh, We played decent counter-attack football during the World Cup, but any fan knows that this is not something that's sustainable with the current squad that we have. You need to rotate, you need to rotate heavily. But that's a conversation for another episode. Going back to the game, 10 minutes of extra time are added due to injuries, subs, and water breaks, and this is when the full-on Moroccan head loss shows up. Amrabat gets booked again at the 91st minute, but the referee quickly gets called over to VAR. Amrabat looks like he's about to go and step out on the pitch again due to what looks like the rescinding of his second yellow, but instead, the ref was so nice that he decided to upgrade his second yellow to a first-class straight red. Well done, Amrabat. He wins my donkey of the game. From that foul, Mokoena takes a free kick with the right-footed shot to the top left corner. Absolute banger and it might be the set piece of the tournament. Definitely my play of the game. Morocco turns off after that. You can see that just can't even drop their shoulders and show any more bad body language because they were already there at that point. The game ended shortly after and was funny as hell to see security have to monitor the handshakes between the Moroccan staff and the South African because they know a certain group is liable to do some nut shit. Some minor takeaways I took from the game were that Hakimi can be a part time unprofessional and a full time criminal which leads to the rest of the team thinking they can have carte blanche in terms of talking to the refs any type of way. I know I always mention the Moroccan head loss and it'll happen a lot less, but when the Moroccans were begging the refs for the penalties during certain moments of the game, and Unahi going as far as pushing the ref, there was a lot of grace shown by the ref to not hand out multiple bookings. Don't beg. It's disgusting. I appreciate Nayfagort. That's a serious baller. That's going to be the future captain of the Moroccan national team. He's a tall centre back that speaks three languages. I just hope he can have a long and fruitful career in the Prem because to me, he's exactly like if Mehdi Ben Atia didn't smoke hashish. Overall, my major takeaways were, I think Morocco struggled and were poor for most second halves during this tournament. Both against DR Congo and Zambia, we saw Morocco try and relieve pressure and start playing a different game than the one that was happening now on the pitch by game managing and tactical last minute changes. The heat and humidity hurts the team, and the solution there is to make sure that the Botola Pro, the domestic league, becomes stronger. So that means less call-up from European and Asian teams. I mention that because 10 out of the 11 starters for South Africa play in Africa on a club level. I don't care to be too critical of Weli Dregregi because I just don't care, but poor game management the last 20 minutes and having Hakimi be your penalty taker just because of that Paninka in the World Cup isn't something I'm a fan of. I understand that Ziyech was out, but Hakimi just missed a penalty a few months ago in a World Cup qualifier. They're simply not his story. Morocco created just barely enough to take the lead, but didn't execute on any opportunities in the final third, leading them to have 0-0 first half. Some tough questions need to be asked, but as I mentioned earlier, it's really just not my problem and this is something we've seen before. Very disappointing overall after such a historic World Cup run, but... As I mentioned before, I was just happy to be there, it wasn't something I ever thought was going to come to fruition, and I wasn't really sure we were ever going to go further than that. Also, one must remember, in the last 20 years, Morocco have only managed to win one knockout stage match at the AFCON, and that was against Malawi two years ago. Since 2004, when Morocco reached the final against Tunisia, they've had a group stage exit in 06, group stage exit in 08, they didn't qualify in 2010. Group stage exit in 2012. Group stage exit in 13. Disqualified in 15 due to political reasons. Quarter final exit in 17. Last 16 in 2019. Quarter final again in 2021. And then round of 16 again this last time. Since 2004, we've tested local coaches and foreign coaches. Coaches who have previously took part in or won the competition. A coach who led us to a World Cup semifinal and a coach that did nothing else. At the end of the day, it all resulted in the same result, no silverware. Since Morocco are the host next tournament, will it change anything? Coming up are the next AFCON 2023 quarterfinals. That's Nigeria versus Angola, Ivory Coast versus Mali, South Africa versus Cape Verde, Guinea versus DR Congo. I wanna thank you for giving me your time and joining me on this edition of Simo Speaks, and we will be back before the end of the tournament.